If you don't define what success looks like and means for you, someone else will. Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. I'm Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And we're talking about defining success for ourselves. Because if we don't decide ahead of time, looking ahead towards goals, the way we want to live our lives, the way we want to run our businesses, and what the benchmarks we want to achieve are, we're way more susceptible and open to the influence of other people and they will end up defining for us what success looks like and that's a measuring stick that we have no control over. I've been thinking about this conversation and looking forward to having it with you for a couple of reasons. Um, the first, uh, I'm going to do it a little bit backwards though because the first example actually just happened over this past weekend but the conversation I'm having with you actually started about a week and a half or so ago. But let me just give you the most recent example and then we can backtrack. So on Friday, those of you who subscribe to my show um, or follow it closely probably caught on to the fact that two episodes got released. I had an episode on um, managing the boss situation when your staff members aren't getting the job done. I had an episode on mom guilt. They weren't supposed to come out on the same day. I think most of the listeners who listen to this show probably knew that there was some sort of tech hiccup, a mistake, or a dropped ball somewhere and didn't think anything of it. But I got emails about it. Two people nicely wrote to me and said, hey, don't know if you realize this or not, but you probably re-recorded and two of your episodes got, you know, dropped on the same day. Um, and that's totally fine. But I got like three or four, maybe even five emails from people accusing me of... Um, I don't know, like flooding their, um, their podcast app, um, overdoing it, going for overkill. Um, one email said I was trying too hard. Um, and I just, I was kind of, I found it really funny, honestly. Um, first of all, how quickly and how easily people can jump on the, you know, the bandwagon of being critical, how easy it is to just go like, oh, you messed up, you're annoying me, like whatever's going on with you, you just, you know, created an inconvenience in my day. I don't know what the deal was or why, you know, people found uh, two episodes on a single day so offensive rather than, I don't know, like, you know, a lucky day. <laughs> I tend to think I put out good shows and offer good content, but more so like, why was it such an interruption in their day that they had to take the time to write and tell me about it. Most people, I would say, skipped it, I'm assuming so. But the people who stop and said, hey, like you're an annoyance or come on, knock it off. You're trying too hard. I was thinking to myself, I'm so glad this happened to me. I'm so glad that I'm the one who made this screw up because I don't care what these people think. They can make that first assumption that I did it with deliberate intent, that I wanted to just kind of pimp myself out there ad nauseum on a random Friday. Um, I really don't care what they think. I'm not... 
I'm not giving it any energy other than use it as a teachable moment for people who might want to run away and hide at the sound of criticism, who might feel like they've overstepped and that they should somehow make amends. Because when people are new and starting out and they're doing something for the first time, everything matters. Every response, every sort of vote of, um, approval and every critic, you just feel it more. And it's such a dangerous walk to be on to sort of put your success, whether or not you are good enough, onto the opinion of the people who are consuming your content or spending time with you and engaging in your services. It's such a slippery slope. So, I wanted to use this as a moment so that when it's happening to someone else, if you see and sort of hear the story as I'm telling it, you can see how quickly, easily, and innocently it can happen. All that happened, in all honesty, is I accidentally hit the button that said publish now instead of schedule later. That's all that happened. It was a mistake. It was a misstep. And it was wasn't the end of the world. I kind of thought it was funny and it reminded me of Steve Urkel from that old show. I'm totally dating myself now, but Family Matters that was like on that TGIF uh, Friday lineup on ABC. And it was like, did I do that? Because it was such a Heather thing to do. It was such a like, of course, this is going to happen. I'm trying to get ahead. And of course, I made the mistake. But it's not that simple when you're new. When you're so vulnerable to what people are thinking and their opinions of you. And I want you to see how you know me. My guess is you've listened to me a couple of times at this point in time. You've come to trust me. You know that it was just no big deal. You probably didn't think anything of it. But still, people are going to have an opinion. It's out of our control, that part. Whether or not we absorb that feedback, whether or not we absorb that criticism, that sort of, I don't want to call it hate because that's a little too dramatic and a little too much of an overstatement of what it was, but just genuine kind of like dislike or disregard for feelings or like the idea that these people didn't even stop to consider that it might have just been a slip on my part, but that I did it deliberately. You can see on the outside looking into this situation how easy it would be for you know, people to get intimidated by that, to feel shy, to feel small, but how, how like what a waste it is. Because obviously to people who matter, people who, um, you know, kind of care more than the time it takes to send an email, they're not going to be bothered by an accidental release of two episodes on the same show. So if it's true for me, if you know that I deserve the get out of jail free card, just like I know I deserve the get out of jail free card, the same rules have to apply for you. And you have to start looking at comments and criticisms and people's engagement or lack of engagement, what they say, what they don't say, what they do and what they don't do, to look at it with a questioning eye. And to make sure at all times you're looking at the source, that you're looking at sort of the opinion of somebody who matters, who you know and believe has your best interest at heart. Because if you were putting out that good enough label 
and anybody gets to decide whether or not you measure up on a particular day, you are constantly setting yourself up to feel small and to feel less than. And when we feel small and when we feel less than, we take a step back and we hide and we play small. That's what I'm trying to stop you from doing today. We want you to sort of define your own success on your own terms. And sometimes you are absolutely going to be your harshest critic. Some people, no matter how many times we tell them it was just a mistake, you hit a button and it's no big deal and people aren't going to care. It'll bother you for a little while and it'll stick with you. I'm actually more okay with that than you buzzing about someone else's opinion that you can't, you know, control, take care of or rework or rewire in any way, shape or form. The other thing, and this is where this podcast episode was supposed to start, um, if Friday hadn't happened, is the show Business Mindset Mastery, my little podcast that could, had its one year anniversary over the weekend. So August 11th of 2017, um, I did my first episode. It was less than five minutes and it was called Done is Better Than Perfect because I had wanted to start a podcast probably for about a year or a year and a half before I pressed record that day. I just, I wanted a show. I had been listening to podcasts. I knew it was a medium that I would do really well in. I liked it better than doing Facebook Live or having a YouTube channel or doing any of that. It just fit me, but I kept waiting. And those of you who are sitting on the thing that you really want to do probably recognize and will resonate with this. But I wanted to get all the tech right. I wanted to learn the best possible way to launch a show. I wanted to follow all the steps and do all the things. And it was just never going to happen. I'd already wanted it for a year and a half prior to starting in August of 2017, and it hadn't started yet. And then I just heard about this app, the Anchor app, and suddenly you can press a button, record, organize a show, and off you go to the races that simply. Low tech, low risk, low involvement. And I just decided if I waited for all the steps, if I knew all the things, it may never happen that I really did. I preached it all the time. Done is better than perfect. And I just needed to model that and do it for myself. And a year ago, I did that. We're over 200 episodes now because I continue to show up for the show and for the listeners who are writing in with their questions. And I've got over 50,000 listens combined, right? When you look at that number, that means that quote, end quote, only 250 people listen per episode. And that's not right away. I don't even think I have 250 subscribers. That just means the cumulative ad- average of all of my shows combined um, averages out to about 250 listens per episode. So I was having this benchmark kind of week. I had passed 200 episodes. I had the one year anniversary of the podcast coming up and I, you know, top 50,000 downloads. And I know that 
that um, in podcast land, those numbers are really low. Um, Those numbers don't get advertisers. Those numbers don't make any kind of charts. Um, If you look at the average high-ranking podcast, it has hundreds and hundreds of reviews. Mine, I have under 30. Um, But still, I feel I know and I believe that that is an awesome, incredible accomplishment. In my bones, I know it. And I I know it for a couple of different reasons. One is just because I know I finally did the thing I wanted to do. Um, Another is because my my inbox is regularly filled with questions. So it just means that the people who need the show are finding it and they're reaching out and they're engaging in the content and they feel really good about it. But then the third one is a little more like in that woo category where it's really hard to describe, but I just feel it. A quiet sense of confidence that comes with knowing I'm on the right track. It doesn't mean I don't have room for improvement. It doesn't mean that I don't have things that I could fix that I could get better at. And I certainly need to learn how to market my show better and to get more listeners and, you know, sort of expand my audience a little bit. All of those things. But it doesn't matter because on its own as a singular achievement, it really works for me. So I was in um, a couple of different um, groups with other people, like online forum uh, discussion type groups around podcasting. And and one of the like sort of intro questions always is, you know, things like how many episodes, how many listens. And so I shared mine because just like I did here, there's nothing I'm embarrassed about. I'm quite proud of it. And somebody said to me, oh, like, so you've been at it a year and those are your numbers. Are you, you know, are you thinking of packing it in? Are you, are you thinking like you're just going to try something else or do something else? And I was, I was kind of stunned by it. Um, and I, I, I didn't really know, um, what to say. And, you know, the person said, because, you know, if you're under 300 listens an episode, your show's really not going anywhere. That's what the statistics say. And I I just said, well, no, I have no immediate um, plans to stop the show. I I really enjoyed doing it. And I, you know, I ended the conversation. And then, um, you know, it was like within a day and a half, someone else was like, how do you keep going with numbers like that? Um, It made it sound like I had some kind of affliction. Like I was somehow ill. How do I keep going? It was such an absurd question. But again, it was this idea of two people who've never met me, who don't know my story, who know nothing about me, very likely have never even listened to my show, based on numbers and metrics, are telling me I'm unsuccessful. And to a lot of people, not me. That could be enough to quit. When you know you're new, when you know you haven't been around the block a lot and you don't have that many reps in, it doesn't take much for somebody else to have power over what you do next, to determine that you're not good enough, and to stop. And I want you to think about that. Again, you're doing the same exercise I walked you through at the beginning of the show. What does it seem like and look like from the outside looking in? 
Do you share the opinion of the people who are talking to me that the show isn't worthwhile, isn't valuable, if the listens and the numbers and the metrics aren't right? And if you agree, that's okay because it's a reflection of your value and where you would choose to put your time and your energy in. And knowing your your sort of values and how you prioritize things is super important. So it's good to be self-aware if you know that success is only measured by the strong numbers and the strong indicators and the industry standards. And if that's the line you hold yourself to, it's really important that you know that, but that's you defining it. I don't want you allowing someone else to define good enough. That's why I'm on the mic talking today. Because I absolutely can tell you episodes I've done where I know I phoned it in. And none of you are going to be surprised to know that, right? Because five days a week, how can I possibly be, you know, firing on all cylinders, five shows a week, 200 plus episodes in the bank? Of course I phoned it in. But I am going to decide that. I am going to decide that value and I am going to predetermine that metric. Nobody else. If I have a tribe of people and I'm worried about something specifically, I'm going to go and ask my tribe what they think, but I am in control of that narrative. I am in control of who I ask and who I open the opinion discussion to. We cannot hold the door open for everybody who chooses to come in. Some people are going to bang down the door anyway. We saw it in my inbox this weekend. Some people just can't help but tell me their expertise and show me their knowledge by putting me down or my experience down or any of my achievements down. But here's the thing. The people in those forums, what they don't know is that that period in time in my life when I started a podcast, I went back um, just kind of for giggles a little bit and maybe a little down memory lane and sentimentality too. I went back to some of those first episodes and what I look back on now compared to sort of who I was then a year ago and who I am now just as a podcast host, if nothing else, but really as a person is I played it so safe. I remember at the time how um, risky it felt and how um, nerve-wracking it was for me to say sort of anything. But when I look back and I listen to the episodes that I started with, like that first week, I censored myself so much. I was so afraid of ruffling feathers. I was so afraid of sharing too much, of putting people off, of... um, you know, and I, and I talked, but the way I sort of listened to it, I talked behind a wall. Like, so as open as I sounded, as energetic and positive and motivational as I sounded, I, knowing myself, could see each moment where I dialed it in, where I held back, where I played small and where I played it safe. Because that's what a year of growth and lessons has given me. 
the other thing that like is so apparent to me as I look back on when who I was when I started that show, my life was scaring the crap out of me at the time. I was getting ready to move. I don't even think I knew where we were moving to, but I just knew that there was a whole lot of tension in my house between me and my husband as we were managing what was going to come next after he completed his medical training. And it was not good and it was not sunny and it was not shiny and there were not roses out. And none of you knew any of that. Because I was so afraid to be transparent, to talk about having a hard time. I, I had this story that if, if I, you know, sort of showed weakness or I showed things as they were, that I would somehow lose respect, that people would think less of me or their opinion would change of me. So when I look back at those initial episodes and then I go, clearly I got over it because then there were several weeks in a row where I did nothing but spill my guts and honor transparency in every way, shape or form on the show. But like if I had never started, if I had never just press play. I would never have learned the journey of transparency, of being open to what happens next, sharing like authenticity in a way that isn't like, you know, sort of quote unquote warning, vulnerable post ahead, but really being vulnerable, really opening myself up. All of that on my terms. And sometimes I've done it wrong, right? Like there have been episodes where you guys have seen them download into your podcast app and then suddenly without rhyme or reason, they're gone because I had second thoughts and decided to delete the episode. But all of that is my say-so. I am defining what good enough is. I can define that I played it safe at the beginning and that I am way more open, transparent, and authentic now a year later, but I needed those lessons, and you do too. And if you run the risk of somebody else expecting you to have figured this all out, to show up as this shiny new finished product, you're never going to feel complete. You're never going to feel like you've arrived and you're never going to feel good enough because you will constantly be measuring good enough on someone else's terms. It is so tempting when people are like piling on the compliments, when everybody is, you know, singing your praises and sharing your content about to feel so good about yourself, to use that to puff yourself up and to move through the world with confidence. But you have to be careful there too, my friends, because if you give your audience, if you give your clients, if you give your community, your leads, whoever you want to call them, the power to puff you up and to bring you to that level, you are also giving them the power to bring you down because you're not in control of it. So whether or not you're having a really good day filled with self-confidence or you're in the gutter feeling like a piece of junk, it's all dependent on what people around you are saying, whether or not they're having a good day. Because let's face it, some people just put you down to make themselves feel better. I have no idea why people decided that two podcast episodes on a single day was worth the criticism. They could have been having a bad day. They could have been freaking jealous. There could have been all kinds of reasons why they decided they needed to move through their day by sort of putting me in my place. 
And when you allow people to define that for yourself, when you give them that power, it is really, really hard to take back. It is hard to dial it back, to go back to the beginning, to change the thinking errors, because we take those opinions and we make them facts about ourselves. But at any point in time, if you find yourself just too vulnerable, too influenced by other people's definitions of success or other people's qualifications for how good enough you are, I want to assure you that there's a way to stop it, that there's a way to press pause and to rewire your brain to look at it differently. But the first thing, it is going to start with the choice. Are you willing to be someone who says good enough for themselves? Are you willing to be in that driver's seat, to be the judge and jury of your life or of your business? It's tempting to take that control away, to just let other people have it, because then you can avoid accountability. You can avoid responsibility for what happens next. And it's a little too close to that victim playing seat where you feel like you can't because other people have said you can't. It is hard and it risks vulnerability for you to decide that your measure of success, your measure of good enough, really is good enough, but it starts with the choice. And then everything that comes next gets to be yours. And then you got to start with the good, right? We can't, if we tell ourselves to like focus on what we need to work on without acknowledging our strengths, without acknowledging our successes or our skill sets, then we're, we're not, um, we're not showing up to battle with all of our weapons available. We're leaving our most powerful sort of, you know, strategies or skill sets, whatever you want to call them, we're leaving them behind. We have to know and be able to with confidence and centeredness, Acknowledge what we're good at, what we did really well, what we accomplished for ourselves, where we made a goal, where we were absolutely positively the best person for that particular job, that particular moment, or that particular task. We have to take that assessment of the things we've learned, the lessons we've learned, the accomplishments we've had, and we have to be willing to update our story of ourselves, who we are now that we've accomplished those things. What if we learned now that we did the thing we didn't think we could do? And then once we look at that honestly, and we acknowledge our goals, and we acknowledge our accomplishments, and we acknowledge the things that have gone right, that we've done well, then we can acknowledge the work that is left to do without erasing the good, without taking away our strength, without disabling ourselves from the things that have empowered us to this moment. We can hold both. The area where we really nailed it and the area where we have some work and development to do. 
because I can tell you, I'm really proud of this show. I really like what I'm doing with it. But I also know there's a lot that I want to get better at. And I can hold both. I can be proud of 200 episodes. I can be proud of a full year of honoring a commitment. I can be proud of 50,000 downloads. I can be proud of it all and still know that there's ways that I can maximize my impact for the show. There's ways that I can put myself more in the spotlight. And there's ways that I can make this better. Both are equally true because I'm in the driver's seat. I'm holding the yardstick. I'm in charge of the measuring stick. And I get to say, this is good for where I'm at. I want to go further next time. And that's what I want you to do. It doesn't mean you just have to sit there, pat yourself on the back and end the discussion. You do get to identify where you'd like to go bad, like where you'd like to get better, where you'd like to go bigger, how you would like things to improve. You do get to say, I want more. I want to be capable of more. I want to learn more. I want to do more. All of that is fine. I just want it to be on your terms by your measuring stick. That's what I'm encouraging you to do today. And if you can look at the examples in my own life that I've outlined for you today, you know, if you sort of look at the mistake I made on Friday with the two episodes, or you look at the way other people have measured the success of my show and the success of what I'm doing, and you can see it from the outside looking in, which is my hope, my wish, and my prayer, you then can turn that conversation inside out and look at how you might be able to apply it for yourself. I am so proud of being 200 episodes in. I'm so proud of what we've accomplished so far together, but I really, truly can't wait to find out what happens next. One of the things that I wanted to put out to all of you who have been listening, especially those of you who have been listening for a while, if you have gotten value from this show, if this show means something to you, if you see its worth and its value and you would like to support the show, Anchor has now... um, Um, added a feature. You can find it in the show notes where you can support and donate to the show and support what I'm doing. um, and give back to the conversation as well, because that's, that's where it's at, right? My friends, that's saying, this is who I am. This is what I do. And if you'd like to be a part of it, here's how, how often can we put ourselves in the spotlight? That Honestly, that directly and that unapologetically, if we are letting other people decide where and when and how much light should be shine, uh, shown <laughs> on a certain conversation, accomplishment, task, or you know, problem we've solved. Always stay in the driver's seat. You control the light and you control the timing. If you'd like to support the show, I would certainly love to have you. If not, what's most important to me is that you keep listening and learning with me along on the journey. Here's to 200 more episodes. Here's to another year of Good Pod. And the best pod always comes from the best questions. So if you're sitting on a question that you need my two cents on, do find me over at heather at choose to have it all.com. I'll take your question and I'll do my best to make it an episode that matters. Thanks so much for joining me today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.